Welcome to the Indie Music Room, a conversation with independent artists about writing, recording, performing, and promoting their original music. And now here's your host, Heather Kelly. Hey everybody, you're listening to Heather Kelly with the Indie Music Room, and I'm very excited to welcome one of our artists for the actual month of September. Yeah, this will be for September, and I can't believe how fast the summer's going. But I'd like to introduce Jay Jeffrey Mesrol, and he's a solo artist from Des Moines, and he's got a lot of uh, background information that I can't wait to share with you guys. So welcome, Jeffrey. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Why don't you give our fans a little bit of background about, you know, where you grew up, where you're from, and how you got into music in the beginning? Sure. I guess uh, originally I, I grew up in Northwest Iowa, up in Spirit Lake. That's my hometown. Um, I lived in Iowa for all but about eight years of my life when I went up to college and, and spent some time up in Minnesota. And then I moved back to Iowa after that. And um, I've just been, I got into music. I bought a guitar from Walmart for $89. <laughs> and I wasn't picking it up enough to learn how to play other people's songs. And so um, I just started writing my own and with the chords that I could play at the time and just progressed on top of that ever since I started. And uh, now I'm currently in Des Moines. My wife and I live in Des Moines. We just moved here last June and okay. gets me here. So about what age were you when you picked up guitar? I was uh, 22, 22 or 23. So I started pretty late. Oh, you did. Yeah. A lot of kids start, you know, very, did you ever go to band or anything in, in your growing up years in school? Did you participate in any of that or was it just? Yeah, I was in middle school. I played percussion in fifth and sixth grade and that's about as far. What'd you play in percussion? Uh, mostly snare drum and bass drum. I never would practice the xylophone, so I never got to play. <laughs> concerts or anything because it was notes and I didn't want to do notes that's why I did percussion so I didn't have to learn notes I just had to stay on beat I want to give you a quick side note of humor do you can you believe I played the bass drum and marching band in my freshman year I'm all of 110 pounds and I carried that thing around so I get it so you started around 22 23 what was the first uh have you played with bands or have you always been a solo artist I've primarily been a solo artist. I've had um, a couple of varieties of people that have backed me up in some uh, bands supporting me doing my stuff, but mm -hmm. I'm strictly rhythm guitar. I play a little bit of harmonica and then it's all original songwriting. So I'm not well versed enough in any musical field to support anybody else. And I just do my rhythm components and yeah. sing my song. Well, I think it's impressive considering what I've heard, you know, it's kind of, I, you know, when I work with a lot of different people, so I get ideas from them. But when you take it solely on your own, like you do, that's quite impressive. How did you get interested and in start writing originals? You know, it's like I said, I, I was having some trouble just learning how to play guitar in general when I first started. Mm -hmm. um, I, all I wanted to do was play full songs and not really practice. And I was having trouble learning other songs and learning all kinds of chords. And I just started on my own doing some pretty simple songs and two or three chords a piece. And yeah. that's kind of but I've long been a fan of music and, um, you know, Texas songwriters and some of the vintage country Western stuff and things like that. So the music, the musical passion's always been there, but it took me 22 years to actually put it into practice. Right. I read a lot of, I mean, you're award winning, you've won multiple awards and, you know, you very high held, held in high regard. Um, do you consider yourself Americana blues? What do you consider yourself? I would say Americana, you know, that's kind of this new thing where it's this all-encompassing sort of 
title of style of music and nobody really knows what it is but on the other hand nobody knows what it isn't so if you do anything with guitar you can pretty much call yourself an americana artist and um that's kind of where i set myself as well it's a lot of um you know it's kind of folky there's some country elements and um a little bit of very little bit of blues mixed in so it's hard to really pin down a single style and i think that is the best of being just a songwriter versus being in a band or you don't have to specific style you can just write whatever comes to you and, and then you just polish up what you get and then you got a song that's right uh, as an artist myself i have to agree with you um i was never a cover artist because if they've already done it i'm not going to do it justice so why don't i write my own stuff which is what i sound like instead of trying to sound like somebody else so i understand that concept um, the first song we're going to talk about a little bit today is called Henrietta. Um, I listened to all these, and I want to say whatever you got going on, there's some beautiful harmonies in there. Do you work with somebody in particular on harmonies? or The female harmonies that you hear on all the recorded stuff that you've got is actually my sister-in-law. Her name's Carrie Carl. She lives up in Fargo, um, North Dakota, and uh, she's just a really, really talented singer on her in her own respect. And um, when I knew that I needed some female harmonies, she was the first person that I went to. Yeah, absolutely. Does she record them on her own and send the files to you, or does she come to you, or how does that work? She's come to me I'm in my home studio for the last few records, but she's able to you know record some samples and do some practice stuff and uh, send me all kinds of different things to pick pick and choose from. So it's been a lot of kind of handy to have somebody like your sister in law to do it. So yeah, something like that's pretty lucky. That's wonderful. We're gonna go ahead and listen to Henrietta, and when we get back, we'll talk more about that song and about his studio experience and what's going on next.
Henrietta, written by Jeffrey Mesrol. And I should say J. Jeffrey Mesrol. That's what he goes by. It's, it's easy just to say Jeffrey. But tell me how the song Henrietta, I mean, how did you write that song? Well, we were, it's, it's kind of a twofold story. I like to, at shows, say that it's an uh, homage to Eileen Warnos, who is a Florida serial killer that murder truck drivers and Johns and left their dead bodies in ditches along the highway. And that's kind of a running gag in all my sets. <laughs> and it's loosely based on her, but I was actually out on my honeymoon out in Oregon and we had gone past a, a street sign that said for the town of Henrietta. Okay. And that stuck with me as a name and a title of some sort. And then as we were driving, we'd driven from Duluth down to Minneapolis flown from Minneapolis to Portland and then driven from Portland all the way out to the coast. Right. And it, it had been a long day. And I <laughs> told my wife as we were driving out there uh, that she was the queen of the highway because she was driving and it was late at the late in, in the night. And um, that just kind of coupled that together to be Henrietta queen of the highway and yeah. made that on Eileen Mornos. So it's a really great song. Again, I love the harmonies on that one. Why don't you tell me a little bit about, how you go about your recording. Have you, have you ever recorded in other studios? I have. I've done uh, six records so far, and three right. of them I've done in the studio, and the other three I've done in various studios. I worked in one in um, Sibley, Iowa, a place called Jambox Studios when I was just getting started. There's a guy over there named Jesse Daigle. He's a wonderfully talented instrumentalist and a uh, great engineer and producer, and he, put, he did my first full-length record, and then Chad Elliott, who's a very well-known Iowa musician. I know Chad very well, yes. Produced my uh, King Snakes Bite album. And um, Todd Partridge, who was the <laughs> of King of the Tramps. He's got a giant studio in his converted schoolhouse there in Auburn. And he helped me and my backing band, the Stone Horses, make an album called Greetings from Rock Bottom. Well, I have to tell you, we own a studio too, Junior's Motel Recording Studio. He was oh, yeah. in last week, and he was transferring all of his files because he said, you know, I can do this in my studio, but I kind of want to do it somewhere else. So he was down, and, and he's been on my um, podcast before as well as recorded, so we go way back. But, yes, Todd Partridge, good, good guy. I've never been to his studio yet, but I'm excited to go. So Super cool, and I, I don't want to misspeak, but I think the main body of the studio is the old wood shop of this school building in Auburn and that's where he put in all the work and the weekend that we made that particular record it was me and three other guys I had Joe Cafaro on upright bass Tim Schroeder playing drums and Brooks Begay playing lead guitar for me and the Stone Horses and it was kind of a whirlwind weekend we drove up to Sioux Falls and recorded for a tv show called the White Wall Sessions oh, and, then okay. we, and then we drove back from Sioux Falls to Shaler, Iowa, which is where my drummer Tim lives. And we got ready to go into the studio Saturday night and played some songs and drank some beers to prepare. And then Sunday morning we drove over and we recorded all 11 songs in about eight hours. And oh. Todd and his son Riley were, had everything set up and ready to go for us when we got there and they tore everything down when we were finished. So we didn't really have to put in much work. They did it all for us and turned out real nice. That's awesome. 11 songs in eight hours is grueling. You must have been quite prepared. Yeah, we were cranking and we were playing pretty frequently and we actually took the time to practice the night before, which is unusual for that band. And um, we were ready to go and it was the first time for a lot of those guys to make an actual record. So I think they were excited to be a part of it too. I hope they were anyways. And, yeah. And well, it's interesting. 
Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That coupled with their expertise in the studio from the production standpoint, it actually made it a lot easier than it sounds. Wonderful. No, that's, that's great. Um, so you do, you're kind of a solo artist, but sometimes on occasion you'll do a recording session with other artists too, correct? Like have them come in on your stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, for the for the bulk of it, and when I was I just moved to Des Moines last June, okay. and before we were over and I was over in Cherokee, and I had that band, the Stone Horses, that I was just talking about, and they played with me quite a bit. And then on a couple records before that, they stepped in and helped with different parts and pieces. And now that I've moved to Des Moines, working with those guys has become a little bit harder. But yeah. with um, guys like Matt Woods, who have been willing to step in and do some good stuff and play some shows with me as well, so. I'm optimistic about what that's going to look like. Speaking of shows, have you been playing? I mean, I know the last couple of years have been a bust with COVID and everything, but have you been out doing any solo shows or acts? Um, I've been doing a lot of, a fair amount of solo stuff right now. The month of August is my busiest month of the year. So over the next three weeks, I'll have nine, eight or nine shows, something like that. So right. it'll be, a, yeah, it'll be a busy couple of weeks. And um, in May of this year, Casey Joe Collins, who's a Des Moines area songwriter, he and I did a tour out to Wyoming and Colorado, and we had to cross, of course, South Dakota and Kansas on the way back, but um, we did a nice little run out there. So it's been a little bit busy, but definitely not as busy as I'm used to. Right, of course. I think everybody feels in the same boat. How's your wife feel when you go on the road? She usually comes with me for the most part. Oh, that's um, awesome. It's, if it's just me and it's kind of, you know, a semi-regional show, mm-hmm. we usually there so she gets to um, see some sights and travel around a little bit as well. And so um, she makes a great co-pilot and companion when I'm out on the road. And, um, yeah, but otherwise, we, she's a good support system to have back home, too. If she doesn't come along, it's somebody to help keep track of me and keep me on schedule and things like that as well. Yeah. Good co-pilot. Good for her. That's great. My dad was always a musician and my mom was his driver. So she, you know, I grew up this way and it's like, yeah, mom's going with dad and we were stayed with the sitter. So I remember all those days, but you've got another song called Rumble Strips. I listened to this one and I like it. Um, Tell me about this one just a little bit before we get into it. It has a little bit of a slower feel, but it's got the same female harmony girl, I think, in it. It does, Am I correct? Yeah, that was beautiful. Tell me about this song a little bit. Sure. Um, Last, I want to say it was probably August, so probably about a year ago, um, I got to do an outdoor show with Chad Elliott, and he came in his uh, Wilder van conversion thing that he's It was super fun, and he picked me up in that. We cruised up to a house concert up in Northwest Iowa, and uh, on the way back there and the way back, we were just talking about how crazy things had gotten in 2020 and, Mm -hmm. you know, future of the industry looks like and things like that, and we swapped ideas for songs and stuff like that, and when I got back home, I sent him a text message, and I said, I want to write a song called Rumble Strips, but I'm not sure if I um, kind of a literal interpretation of rumble strips, keeping you going down the right path on the highway or something that are metaphorical, keeping you on the right path in life. And he proceeded to send back several text messages in a row about a story where he was in Montana and he actually fell asleep behind the wheel of his vehicle and was woken up as he went off through the ditch and was fortunate enough to have stopped and not had any major damage as far as I could tell from his story. Oh my but, gosh. Uh, was pretty scary situation and Mm -hmm. uh, 
tells any story is phenomenal and packed with detail. And so it was scary, but it was also beautiful. And uh, he gave me all this information. And I said, well, I hope you're telling me this so I can include it in a song. And he right. said, I wish. So I put some of that to music and came up with the chorus as well. And you know, that was my first ever co-write that I've ever done and the first ever single I ever released as well. Wonderful. Tell me a little bit about <clears throat> when you do record at home, what kind of software are you using or what do you work on? You know, I actually use a Tascam 8-track digital recorder and uh, I've got a variety of different microphones and a couple different preamps. Um, yeah, that's really all I use. And then okay. I have a, a free um, software program to combine all the tracks and things like that. And yeah. In terms of mixing and mastering, I send off to somebody that can handle the, that process a little more um, than I can. But yeah, it's a pretty, pretty rudimentary system I've got here, but I've been pretty satisfied with the results so far. Well, myself as well. Let's go ahead and take a listen to Rumble Strips, and we'll be with, with you and talk more about it after the song. Looked a lot like Montana Really it was too dark to know And every indication Indicated was on the reservation of the crow Just driving through these midnight hours Get to where I needed to go I lived getting heavy With every passing lullaby on the radio And this got awful shaking Well it brought me back to the light I quickly took to break in And got stopped just short of the fence line These rumble strips Woke me up and kept me alive These rumble strips are The reason I I'm at home tonight It's one hell of a fish tail You lock them up 90 miles an hour The kicks up a dusty smoke signal Off the prairie like a lookout tower I just missed the guardrail Took out a mile marker On the side of the road But as sure as God's got sandals I was wide awake for the rest of my trip home Well it's got awful shaking well, it brought me back to life And I quickly took to breaking 
got stopped just short of the fence line where these rumble strips woke me up and kept me alive these rumble written again by Jay Jeffrey Messerol, another great song. Um, you've really got away with your words. I mean, it's, you're not just singing a song, you're telling a story. Um, I, I, feel, I feel like it's very relatable because it, you can just almost visualize what you're, you're singing about when you sing the words. How, how do you do that? I mean, how, how does it come up to you? You know, I don't know. It's, it's every, every one of them takes a long time. And I, you know, write and erase and write and erase until I get exactly what I'm looking for. Um, before I was writing songs, I was making attempts at short stories and novels and things like that. So I was already kind of using that writing muscle. And um, I just got so passionate about music that I transferred it over to writing songs. And um yeah, it's just paying attention to detail and working everything to a fine point and making it exactly right. I can't really explain the process because I don't have a good process. Just 
kind of comes over time and it comes to you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of people refer to it as catching songs versus yeah. writing songs. The idea is just nowhere and you have to put them to paper. What do you do as far as putting out your material? Do you, do you have physical copies? Do you just do the digital download streaming thing now? Or what do you do? I do have physical copies of CDs. I take them to all the shows that I do and I set up a little stand and um, most people are pretty kind and will pick that stuff up. And it's become so antiquated that most of the time people will give me the 10 bucks that I charge and then not even take a CD with them because I don't oh, wow. doing it. And, um, but everything else is released on all the major digital platforms, the Spotify, Apple Music, all that kind of stuff. And do you use DistroKid or what's your, what do you use? Yeah, I just switched over to DistroKid this year and I use that for everything, uh, which is really nice just because of that flat fee and being able to release as many what? things. Really great. I just switched over from CD Baby because they weren't doing the distribution anymore, the physical distribution and stuff. And so I went with Distro for the same reason. So you can, you know, with the one fee, you can have multiple tracks down. And I've also went for the label one. So you can have under our label, I've got multiple artists under our label. So it's worked out really well. I, I really, I would suggest people that are looking for a new platform to check out Distro. It's worked for you and me so far. So Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing too, is I'm seeing how things are changing. It seems like there's not going to be a lot of full length CDs that I'll, that'll be made anymore. And a lot of what I probably will try to do is release a lot more singles and things like that. And, you know, that way more um, inexpensive to do it via distro kit because you've got a yearly fee versus a per project fee. And um, if you're trying to crank out a lot of stuff, it, it's definitely worth it. It's a little spendy. So it's, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, let me tell you, do you have an official website? I mean, we'll talk more about this at the end, but I was looking for a website. Where is that website? I do. It's just www.jjeffreymesserville.com. Okay. We'll make sure to include that um, on our radio page when we print this out. Sure. By, yeah. By the way, you'll be uh, our artist of the month for September, and it gets played eight times, and we we're out to about 80,000 listeners in several countries. So I'm looking forward for you to get this exposure because your music's good. So I think oh. the people need to hear it. Yeah. Thank you. Hear it. Yeah. Okay, the next song you wrote, I showed my friend Kurt Kaufman, the owner of Junior's Motel, and my engineer, my friend. It's called The Post-Show Blues. Right. Now, we listened to it twice. The first time was for your musicianship, and the second time was to laugh because we all can feel your pain as a musician <laughs> in this song. We get it. So tell me about that. I mean, I, I kind of get it, but tell me about that with our fans. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like you say, I think it is a pretty universal feeling when you're out on the road for anything. I mean, it could be, you know, who knows what, it doesn't have to be just a musician. I know that uh, my dad, for his profession, he teaches a lot of, at a lot of medical conferences and things like that. Mm -hmm. And he, he kind of lament the same process of going, doing our quote unquote presentation. And then when all the fanfare is over, we go back to an empty hotel room and that's how we wind down for the rest of the night. And it can Get, get to be pretty tiresome. But um, like I mentioned earlier, I travel with my wife quite a bit. And so um, this song in particular came from the idea of a show I did down in Washington, Iowa at the Mills Seat Company building with Ryan Doty and Patricia Hartman, two Des Moines, Iowa songwriters. And 
Um, we had a great night doing a song swap at this really cool old building. And then when it was over, Ryan's originally from Washington and mm-hmm. he showed a couple fun spots and it was this great night. And when it was all done, I went back to being as kind as I can, to the, not the nicest hotel that you've been at. And from there, I just did is exactly like the chorus talks about. I ate fast food and drank a few beers, watched TV and went to bed. And it was just that idea of going, having a real major high during a great show and then being by myself and ending the night on a pretty low, low watching bad TV and eating bad food, bad hotel room. Yeah. Well, if they paid us more, we wouldn't have to get bad hotel rooms, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, it was the hotel room and how much of it was the situation, but I think they both played a part in it. Uh, absolutely. Um, oh gosh, I just lost my train of thought because I had something to tell you, but we, we have a thing in the studio. It's not the post-show blues, but it's called Playback Blues when you've recorded for a couple days and you think, I've got this song, it's great. And then you take a night off and you go back and listen and you're like, oh. With that said, we are going to go ahead and have a listen to Post Show Blues, written by J. Jeffrey Messerl. this up with my bare hands A little skill out of luck but no real plan I've had the help of a couple great backing bands But it don't pay to travel with them I've got $600 now to my name Stack a credit card debt that weighs the same I had to jump in the fire and buy the flame Just so I could sell some records Well it's another night playing for another room Later on at the hotel, well it's beer and fast food TV on to something that you might choose. I'm just riding out these post show blues. When a show goes good, man, it goes great. You'd be surprised to learn they ain't all the same. For those that listen, you live in earthly saints. Something that you might choose I'm just riding out These post-show blues 
walking through it in the dark I went and stubbed my toe on something hard And then came all the curse words It's another night playing for another room Later on at the hotel, well it's beer and fast food TV on to something that you might choose. I'm just riding out these post-show blues. It's another night playing for another room. Later on at the hotel, well, it's beer and fast food. I'll turn the TV on something that you might choose like the golden girls I'm just riding out these post-show blues I'm just riding out these post-show blues That was Jay Jeffrey Messerol with Post-Show Blues I think that's a wonderful song. Again, it, it cracks me up. I think everybody who's a musician can, can understand that song. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what's in your future and what your plans are? What, what are you looking to do? Sure. We're just, you know, right now it's just kind of getting through this year. We've got, I've got several shows on the books yet and getting around as much as I can and playing in some festivals as well as some, a lot of new venues that I haven't been able to play at so far and looking forward to that too. And, uh, I do have uh, 10 or 12 songs that I'd like to take into a studio here, maybe next year, maybe early 2023. Sure. Um, I'm going to try, try and do a Kickstarter probably for the first time because this is going to likely be the last one that I actually put out as a physical album. And I would just like to go out with a bang and have some vinyls made and things like that. So cool. um, if I can find the right studio to make it, to make it work, then I'll try and get a Kickstarter going and have that done. You know, during that, the rest of that time, I'll just be trying to work locally in some studios and in the home studio as well and just making some singles and things like that to put out and yeah, just poking away and writing as much as I can. Well, I was reading on your bio, how many songs have you written now? It's astronomical. Um, you know, it, it seems like a lot. It's probably close to, it's probably close to 200 now, but <laughs> it's, it, that seems substantial, but you know, you talk about Chad Elliott, I think I probably writes 200 songs a year. So um, it's, yeah, it's, it's more than I ever thought that I'd come up with when I started. That's for sure. That uh, hopefully there's that many more left. Do you go through a process um, like you write, say you're going to release a 12 song album. Do you write 20 and get rid of the, I mean, pick the best out of the, out of the 20 or do you just release everything you write? I generally just kind of gather if I get to a point where I think I've got 10 or 12 songs that mm -hmm. sound go together on a project, then I gather those up and that's just what I, that's what I put on the record. So no, nothing's ever set for a single project. It's just available when I'm ready to make another record and piece those things together. And that kind of calls back to where I mentioned it's, there's a benefit to being a songwriter versus being a band where I've got some songs that on like the old Hawk and me where I'll do some very um, simplistic folk stuff. And then a couple songs later, I've got some kind of 
Roland country western song and a couple songs after that there's a borderline New Orleans jazz song with a trumpet in it and, uh, <laughs> there's just that kind of variety so there's never a, a single solitary project in mine it's just what 10 or 12 songs sound good when I'm ready to make another record and that's what gets put together well that's really exciting I'm so excited to have met you tonight T let's tell everybody um, how well first and foremost if you want to be booked at a gig how can people get a hold of you to be booked sure um, I mean there's obviously emails is a simple way to get to it you can use jjeffreymesserl at gmail.com okay. uh, that'll get you directly to my inbox but then also you can reach out through Instagram where I'm at jjeffreymesserl on Instagram and then also uh, at jjeffreymesserl music on Facebook okay. and also on the website, www.jjfremesterwell.com. Wonderful. Do you have your um, DistroKid, like your Spotify and iTunes link on your official website? I do. Yep. I've got okay. some hop, hop on, the, on the website that'll take you right, should take you right to Spotify. Okay, perfect. That's what I want to do then. I want to make sure to um, share your official website so when people hear the music, they can just go and check it out. So I want to do that for you. Um, in the future... What's your next project? Is it coming up soon? Do you have more new material coming out? I've got, I've got the songs ready. It's just a matter of, I just released um, Where the Honest Men Reside this year. Okay. And I like to kind of stretch it out and let that have some legs and run for a little bit. And then um, hopefully by next summer, maybe, or early 2023, I'll start trying to get into the studio and start the next one, which tentatively is going to be titled Summer Thunder. But there's some other possibilities there as well well i'm hoping still to be running around on this indie music website and anytime you get new material please share it send it our way and i'd be happy to do an update with you and keep in touch with all of your successes and is there anything that you want to add um i think i think we covered quite a bit i don't have anything off the top of my head that i'd like to just thank you so much for having me on this i really appreciate it it's been a pleasure it's my privilege. So I tell you what, everybody's going to see this the month of September. You'll be able to look him up, listen to his great music, because there's a lot more than just the three I'm going to share with you. And at the end of this one, I don't typically do this, but I'm going to add on one video that he's put out so you guys can get a visual of how cool this dude is. So Jay Jeffrey Messerl, thank you for being with me tonight. Hey, thank you so much. All right. Take care. So late at the joint, and got to the point that we had to flip a coin to see who would drive us home. But I called tales and law, and even though we should have walked, I drove your Chevy with a big block down the gravel. Ain't the sharpest tools in the shed. We needed the truck for work the next day. We're setting tile, we ain't no businessmen. The treating hangover, the reheated coffee is our stock. 
But as it snowed in some time, the fresh stuff is blowing off the line. But it still ain't wide knuckle drive that made my hand shake. And every mailbox along the road looks like some wayward doe. And neither one of us know whether to stop or go. So I slammed on the brake. sharpest tools in the shed Need the truck for work the next day Sitting tired, we ain't no businessmen Treating hangovers and reading coffees are stopping listening to the Indie Music Room with Heather Kelly. Be sure to listen every Saturday and Sunday right here on FortDodgeRadio.com and subscribe for all our past and upcoming shows. The Indie Music Room is a production of FortDodgeRadio.com.